Hey everyone, I hope you guys are doing good today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me make sure all my screens are up. We are live. We are here. I hope you guys are doing good. What is today? Child, the time is just flying by. It's already Thursday. I'm like, this is crazy. Everybody says it's echoing. Ooh. Am I still echoing? Why is there an echo? Hold up now. Am I echoing right now as I'm talking? I don't know why it was echoing before. That's really weird because it shouldn't echo during the intro. Can y'all hear me now? Okay, you said not for everyone? Okay. Huh. That's weird. I don't want to echo during my damn intro. What the hell? But anyways, okay, all right, all right. No echo. Okay, cool. All right, we back in business. Um, I hope you guys are doing good. So before I get started, let me say this, y'all. When I tell y'all, I am blown away. Okay, so first and foremost, <laughs> y'all know I do not like leave the continental U.S. I just, I don't really travel out of, you know, the country and stuff like that. So I'm saying it's baby steps, right? It's baby steps. You know what I'm saying? I got to think about my health first. So I had decided, um, I told you guys I was planning a trip with, uh, what was it, travel trips. And so they work with influencers to put together trips and stuff for them. So that way it's just less of a headache, you know, for you trying to figure out the itinerary and all that stuff. So long story short, over 800 people did this survey. So shout out to y'all. I appreciate y'all for doing the survey. And so out of the 800 people who did the survey, about 500 people qualified, like as far as like the dates and stuff like that. So the top choice was between Costa Rica and Puerto Rico. I chose Puerto Rico. I've never been there. Um, I've always wanted to go and I feel a little bit safer going to Puerto Rico. Um, you know, like I said, baby steps. Yeah, I was talking about uh, come to Alaska. No, not Alaska. What was that? Uh, Greece and Norway and all that. I'm not ready for all that yet, but I will do Puerto Rico. So the Puerto Rico birthday adventure is open. Um, I had 20 slots and literally we are down. We only have four slots open. So if you are interested, I posted everything on Discord, Patreon, and the YouTube membership. So if you are interested in coming to Puerto Rico for a week with me for my birthday week, yes, uh, Leo season, okay? Um, it's going to be dope. Y'all know anytime like I put something together, it's going to be fun anyways. But this is going to be cool because it's going to be something new. I'm not the one necessarily putting everything together. But it's going to be a lot of stuff that they had planned that I worked with them on that I find very interesting. Um, so I'm excited for this. But just to let y'all know, there's only four slots left. So if you are tuning in and you are interested in going, um, I will post the link in the chat. And... Um, once it's gone, it's gone. We already have like a total of 15 people. But for the people who didn't get like the notification, I just posted the link. Four slots left. Come party with me for a whole week in Puerto Rico in the month of July. So I'm excited, y'all. I'm really excited. I'm trying to do a lot of new things. Um, you know, because the way this world is looking, okay. I'm like, life is too short to be like just scared of, you know, a lot of stuff. So I really want to try new adventures and, you know, just go to new places and stuff like that. But this morning was just insane. So if you guys do not know, I've been saying this for a long time. I remember a long time ago, somebody sent me a super chat and they said, you know, T, you're a conspiracy theorist. What's one of the things that scares you? Like just with all the conspiracies that, you know, that conspiracy theorists talk about. 
And I've always told you guys, my biggest fear is the grid going down because we're so reliant on technology, not just for cell phones and stuff like that, but literally everything. Our water systems are ran on the grid, the waste systems. Remember, there was a loser that hacked, well, huh? there was a man or woman, somebody hacked into the, into the water system in Florida. And if a vigilant person at the water uh, treatment plant was not paying attention, they literally could have killed the entire city because they had broke, they had hacked into the system and literally turned up the fluoride and other chemicals, you know what I'm saying, in that water plant system. So if they wouldn't have been caught and realized that somebody was hacking into the system, that entire city could have been killed. So it's that serious, you know what I'm saying? So that, like I said, that's always been like one of my biggest fears is the grid going down, um, not just, again, for cell phones, but hospitals, you know what I'm saying? Um, many times I've been in the damn hospital Everything is ran on the electrical system. Yes, they have generators and backups and stuff like that, but that's only going to last a few days. And it's not just so much somebody hacking into the system, also solar flares. If a solar flare ends up hitting something and it's a big enough, we would be black. We'd be in total darkness. Shout out to everybody on the Discord, damn it. We don't watch so many damn movies and documentaries. Y'all remember I had to find that one documentary. I forgot the name of it. It was about that blackout. Like, we, we dug for, like, a whole day, and we found it on bootleg. Because um, we couldn't find, like, the regular link. I was trying to pay for it, but the link wasn't working. But that was a really good documentary about the grid going down. What was it called? It was something blackout. It was something. But it's a really good documentary. And basically, it takes you through a simulation if the United States just goes black. And how long before we just, you know, go into, like, total chaos and start acting like animals and shit. So... It's a lot. It's a lot. So this morning, if you guys do not know, basically what happened is that several of the phone companies, they went down like around three, four o'clock in the morning, which is also known as the witching hour. Everything just went down. A lot of people were, you know, you know, people, you know, we can't sleep nowadays, right? Everybody be on TikTok and Instagram scrolling and shit. And people was minding their business scrolling. And the only thing their phone said was SOS. And Verizon was trending. By the time I woke up and, you know, got a phone call from somebody like, do you see what's going on? I'm like, I literally just woke up. They're like, everything's down. I didn't know if I was even going to be able to get a hold of you. And so um, it was pretty bad. Some people said it was from like three till six. Other people are still having issues. Um, but you couldn't call nobody unless you could get onto some type of Wi-Fi. And it wasn't just the phone service down. If you had internet because you know some people use internet through verizon and through at&t none of that stuff was working so all of that was down and they're saying that it could have been a possible cyber attack so um this is causing a lot of controversy i want to find there was this video i was watching earlier on it let me see if it comes up here Yeah, they're thinking it was a straight-up cyber attack. Here goes the video here. So we're going to go ahead and watch this together. Give me just a second. Okay, how do I get back to my other screen? Oh, here we go. Child. <laughs> okay, just trying to uh, make sure I'm on the right page. And then I got to remember to mute so that we don't have the echo. So let me mute now.
Update for you, some breaking news that we've been following today. Sources tell ABC News the FBI and Department of Homeland Security are investigating the cause of a massive nationwide cell phone outage. Officials are working to determine if the service disruption is the result of a cyber attack, a hack, or simply a technical malfunction. AT&T customers are slowly now coming back online after thousands of those cell phones went down earlier this morning. The cellular outage affected phones all across the country, with thousands of users reporting issues in cities including New York, Houston, Chicago, and San Francisco. AT&T tells ABC News, quote, some of our customers are experiencing wireless service interruptions this morning. Our network teams took immediate action, and so far three-quarters of our network has been restored. We're working as quickly as possible to restore service to remaining customers. Verizon and T-Mobile said they are not experiencing any service disruptions. Okay, let me come back on the screen. So you guys just heard that. Um, let me keep this all the way real. Now, I feel like this is some type of test run. Okay, not to cause panic or fear, but I do feel like it was a test run. Remember, um, you know, I've done deep dives on predictive programming. Remember a few, what was it, maybe two, three months ago, that movie came out called uh, Leave the World Behind? Remember, everybody was talking about that on Netflix. It was produced by the Obamas. And I didn't like the ending of the movie, but in the scenes, in the movie, remember while they're all out on the beach and there's, you know, that big old shit was coming towards the beach. Um, there were parts of the movie where there was no cell phone service. There was no connection, nothing. And we become so reliant on technology, you know, especially not just for entertainment, but, you know, for connecting with friends and family and things like that. And so to watch that played out in the movie, it's like, dang, what if that happens in real life? And then we had like a small taste of it today. And granted, everybody's service wasn't affected. I'm with uh, Metro PCS, so I was good, but a lot of people were affected. And they're saying, you know, they're mainly making it seem like it was a cell phone issue. But from what I've been seeing on social media, it was a lot of things that were down outside of just cell phones. Like I said, um, internet, um, at certain people's jobs, everything was down. So I definitely feel like it was some type of test friend, some type of warning. Um, you know, I don't want to go as far as to say like, oh, it was Russia or China or nothing like that. But I think like there's some things coming in the near future that they're trying to prepare people for. Remember a few months ago, we all got that um, emergency alert on our cell phones. They did like a nationwide alert. Do y'all remember getting that? Like I was here at home. But I remember a lot of people were like in the middle of class, they were in their office, some people were on their way to work, coming home from work, and everybody's cell phone went off at the same time. Do you guys remember that? Okay, and that was just a few months ago. So I'm just putting a lot of twos and twos. Okay, it was in October. Thank you, IJMT. It was just a few months ago. So we had to do, there was that national, you know what I'm saying, alert. And then today, you know, you have major networks down. And remember a year ago, because I remember I was in Atlanta when this went down. A year ago, who remembers when WhatsApp, Instagram, I believe Facebook, like the biggest social media sites just went offline. And a lot of people use WhatsApp to talk to people internationally. So that caused like a huge debacle. Like, and it wasn't for like an hour. So it was like literally the whole day. Do you guys put a teacup if you guys remember that? When everything just went, like, the top social media sites, including including WhatsApp, went off the grid. Yep, that was last summer. Because I was in Atlanta when that happened. Yeah. 
So it's a lot. It's a lot going on. It really is. Let me go ahead and read some of these super chats here. Um, uh, the Courtney Marlene sent 499 says, Hey T, sending my first super chat to my favorite YouTuber. Grateful for all the tough times you got me through and lifted my spirit. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming through, sis. Um, Lauren sent 499. She said, Today I got time, cuz. That's what's up. Uh, RL sent $5 and said, I'm a pharmacy tech and most if all of our insurances are down too. Haven't been able to fill any meds or bill insurance. Over a thousand and counting in fill. That is extremely scary. I didn't even realize the pharmacy people were affected. That's what I'm saying. Like They're putting out these bland statements like, oh, everybody's cell phone service is up. Don't worry about it. But we got a pharmacy tech that's saying that they can't even get into their system. And as somebody who needs medication to live, that is very, very scary. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's definitely something happening. It, you know, it's bad enough we have a shortage on a lot of people's medications. But the fact that pharmacies cannot get in, that is very scary. So thank you for letting us know that. I appreciate you. Um, let's see here. Ashley Nicole sent four ninety nine says, "You've always been pretty, but lately you've been stunning. Love you, T. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis." Uh, Daniel Rain sent five says, "I heard a few pharmaceuticals had issues too. Side eye because of sickness. My godmom's church been talking about this event in C nineteen since twenty twenty. So another person confirming as well that the pharmacies are going through it here." Um, Indiegoyo says, yep, CVS was down, long lines in my local store. Wow. Let me see if there's any news on the pharmacies being down. Because the only thing that they're talking about in the mainstream is um, the cell phones. Hmm. It's just saying that services are impacted, but I'm not seeing where it's bringing up like any videos concerning like the pharmacies. But let me Google. Okay. There's articles. There's no videos yet. So this article here. Oh, it was a cyber attack. Hold up. Let me share my screen. Hold on. They're saying the pharmacies were cyber attacked. Ooh. Okay, so let me put this up on the stage. Okay, so this article says massive AT&T outage, U.S. pharmacies affected by separate cyber attack. So they were attacked. This doesn't even have anything to do with the cellular service. I'm trying to see where it's talking about the pharmacies. Okay, cyber attack affected pharmacies across America. A separate equally disruptive out outage was caused by a cyber attack against Change Healthcare, one of America's largest healthcare technology firms. Um, the company handles orders and patient payments nationwide and, affect, and the attack affected the ability for pharmacies across the country who use the service to process patient orders. Change Healthcare is experiencing a network interruption, 
related to a cybersecurity issue and our experts and our experts are working to address the matter. Once we become aware of the outside threat in the interest of protecting our partners and patients, we took immediate action to disconnect our systems to prevent further impact. Wow. That's crazy. I wasn't expecting that to be a cyber attack too. So something, child, stay prayed up. Something is definitely going on. Something is going on. Mmm. Wow. There's a lot of pharmacies, uh, pharmacy people, pharmacy technicians saying something. Mmm. That's scary because like I said, you know, we've been talking about the, the pharmaceutical shortage over the past few months. Um, we've had whole discussions on that because, you know, a lot of people need medicine to like live, you know, asthma treatments and just, you know, all types of stuff, insulin, things like that. So the fact that they were attacked, one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies were attacked in the U.S., that's extremely disturbing. Very, very disturbing. Um, let's see here. Jmar says, uh, T looking like a sexy gold Power Ranger. Pow, pow, Power Rangers. Marty Morpher, thank you. <laughs> don't, don't, don't threaten me with a good time, honey. That was my show back in the day. I am the Goat Ranger. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, let's see here. Who my page just refreshed. Um, okay, Nisi. Knows better. Sam 499 says, T, I'm in school for cybersecurity and what I'm learning about cybersecurity is mind-boggling and kind of scary. Yes. It's a lot to take in and you're going to see during cybersecurity how really vulnerable we are. How really vulnerable we are just as a country. I think that's the part that's like the scariest. But we need more people in cybersecurity because like I've always told you guys, I've been saying this on this channel forever, the war will not be fought on the ground. This is not, you know, 1960-something during the Vietnam War. This ain't the 1800s with the Civil War. This is 2024, and the new battlefield is in cyberspace, okay? Go back and watch all them damn old G.I. Joe cartoons. Y'all remember my last deep dive? I put in that clip of G.I. Joe, and I was showing you how everything they were saying in the 80s as far as, like, the... the the um, one world government, one world currency, all of that was in a cartoon that we were watching as kids, not realizing that this is legit our future. So y'all go back and watch some of them old G.I. Joe and um, X-Men shows from back in the day. Like your mind will be blown when you watch as an adult. When you're a kid, you don't get that. You don't know what sentient is and you know new world order. You're just watching it as a kid. But as an adult, you're like shook. Okay, my freezing out. What is going on? Don't tell me YouTube is trying to freeze my stream because I'm speaking truth. Are we sold out? We sold out? I think he just texted me too. The Puerto Rico trip is sold out. Thank you, Courtney. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. I can, we sold out already. Oh my goodness. This is awesome. I cannot wait to see you guys. We're going to turn up for my birthday week. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate y'all wanting to like kick it with me and spend time with me. This is going to be a really, really fun trip. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be prayed up and have a good time and good energy. So I'm just, I'm really happy. Like I did not expect the trip to sell out and it hasn't even been 
available all day. Like it's only like 5.49 here. We made it available like around noon. So the fact that it's sold out, that means a lot to me, you guys. So thank you guys so much. And we'll have more. If you can't make this one, I'll do more in the future. Maybe I'll do another one um, in six months. I do one twice a year. So I'll keep you guys posted. But we're the first one. So I'm going to be losing my Puerto Rico virginity with y'all. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> Not Puerto Rico virginity. <laughs> I'll just be saying anything, child. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I am. So thank you for letting me know that it's sold out. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, I can't add any more tickets. I don't want 20 people. It's a lot to do with 20 people. I don't want to have 100 people there. I wanted the max 20. So unfortunately, I can't add any more tickets. It was first come, first serve. So I'm super excited. Um, let's see here. JTV Vidson 499 says, I meant to tell you, on my last live, my college band performed with Usher at the Super Bowl last week. Ooh. Okay, no, that's right, Jay. That's what's up. And his performance was so dope. His performance was dope. So congratulations to you guys. Y'all know I love a good band. I love live music. That's one thing I'm really excited for, for Puerto Rico. It's just, you know, be around, like, you know, the samba and, you know, all that Caribbean music. I'm, like, I'm excited. Like, the dancing, you know, the instrumentals. So it's going to be fun. Uh, let's see here. Bree sent 1999 says, hey, T, I missed the last live. The weather was crazy. I didn't get any notifications um, from the app until the next morning. Always happy to see you again. I must agree there's something strange going on. Yes, I definitely, it's something. It's definitely something going on. Um, let's see here. Young Kobe. Okay, hold on. Just refresh. He sent $10. says, T, Claw Swab. From the WEF, which stands for the World Economic Forum, um, already stated that that's the next pandemic. Um, will be the power grid attack, and he said it will be much worse than COVID. He already wants a great reset in 2030. This is all pre-planned. Yes, because I know you're in the Discord. I don't know if you watched that deep dive. Um, well, the documentary about the whole blackout and the power grid going out. Um they were taking clips from what he was saying and they were putting it in there as well. I don't I don't know. He he reminds me of like Cobra Commander. Am I wrong for like equating Carl Schlaub to that? Like he reminds me of Cobra Commander. He's just creepy. He just wants to see the world destroyed. He's just a weirdo. That's what that's the vibe I get from him. He gives me like Cobra Commander vibes, Mumra, you know what I'm saying, from like Thundercats. Just always up to no good. <laughs> What is 2030 agenda? But um, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Tiffany ASIN5 says, yes, pharmacist here. Claims wouldn't go through. I work in a home infusion. It was a mess. Wow. Well, thank you for your hard work, sis. Um, hopefully everything will be back up and running soon. Uh, let's see. A thousand Watson5 says, I work for a very well-known healthcare company. And we had a cyber attack today. Hmm. That is frightening. Uh, Lord Flawless in 499 says, Cyber Polygon is approaching closer and closer. This was definitely a test. I definitely agree. I agree. Miss Mimi sent $10 says, There was a huge solar flare that hit the earth yesterday. Miss Mimi, can you write in the chat, where was the solar flare at? Because I heard some people say something about 
it was it was another thing that they were saying outside of a cyber attack that could have affected it. They were calling it something weather, but I can't think of the name. They're saying it was something weather. Let's see if I can pull it up. Powerful twin solar flares erupt from the sun as cell phone outages spike across the U.S. Did a solar flare cause the outage? Other people are saying that it's unlikely that it was a solar flare that caused it. But it was something, it was another name that they have for it. Space weather. Thank you, Aja Carolyn. That's what it was, space weather. They were saying that it was space weather. I've never heard of space weather. Let me Google and see like, what they have. I have never heard of it until today, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So basically, space weather is another word for solar flare. Okay. Because I'm like, what the hell is space weather? So I guess it's the same thing as a solar flare, but I guess they call it space weather because, you know, this is the same country that calls homeless people unhoused. It's like, I feel like the language is changing. We'll just stick to solar flare around here. Because I'm like, what the hell is space weather? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like, like, what is space weather? Like, what the hell? Somebody else says, we had a cyber attack. Uh, Jana says, we had a cyber attack at my job earlier this month and our systems weren't working properly for almost two weeks. Oh, wow. Oh, I, well, I hope the pharmacy, their situations does not take two weeks. Um, thank goodness I already caught in my prescription um, beforehand. I need to go pick it up, but I always try and call my prescriptions a little bit early. But yeah, that is scary. We definitely don't want to go two weeks without people's medications. You know, people also need their birth control, child. We don't need y'all getting pregnant. You're not ready. So I hope like everything gets fixed as soon as possible with the pharmacy situation. But um, yeah, definitely go into like, if you guys are thinking about career fields to go into, cybersecurity is definitely a good career field. You make good money and we really need a lot of cybersecurity experts. So that is definitely, definitely a good field to go into. Um, let me go ahead. I want to uh, switch subjects now because I've been on this for about 30 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, um, Indigo, I was surprised too. They're saying that the word homeless is offensive. I'm like, offensive to who? I'm sorry, but if I'm homeless, like, you call me homeless, that's not, like, my biggest offense. Like, I want to find a home. I want to find food, shelter. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't, I don't get it. I just feel like they're trying to make everything politically correct. Um, I will continue to call solar flares solar flares, and I'll continue to use the word homeless. Next. Um, so... Anyhow, let's go ahead. I want to segue into this situation with Tiffany Red. If you guys don't know who Tiffany Red is, um, she was also the lady who came out. She's Cassie's friend. She came out and basically also called out P. Diddy um, for his ways and basically had Cassie's back. And so now she's a singer, songwriter. She does like the whole gambit. And she's coming out and she's speaking against people in the industry. But what's very interesting is I talked about songwriters and their dilemma. Who remembers my Static Major Deep Dive? Put a teacup if you guys remember my Static Major Deep Dive that I did close to two years ago. 
Because it's very interesting that every time I do a deep dive, it ends up being like a national topic. I don't know. I just find that very strange. But I was on this two years ago about how songwriters are mistreated. They're not paid well. They don't get their credit. People have literally forgotten Static Major. If it was not for Static Major, Little Wayne would not Little Wayne would not have been able to go commercial as he did with Lollipop. That was because of Static Major. Static Major wrote so many hits, um, you know, that us '90s kids loved. You know, he collaborated a lot with with uh, Aaliyah, and he was part of the Basement Crew with Timbaland and Missy. He wrote Genuine's Pony, and then Genuine tried to act like it was all him. And like his wife said, well, if it was all you, how come you haven't written another big hit like Pony since? So I've always loved songwriters because it, it's, it's like they're telling a story and they're putting something together, you know, in ways that people can't do. It's a spiritual process. It's no different than making content. You know, even when I do my deep dives, it's like I start with a blank canvas. Nothing on there, and I really have to really think of how I want it to look and sound and, you know, visually come together. And that's what songwriters do. That's what people who make beats and who produce do. And I've been calling it out for years that I find it very unfair that you can be in a studio. Let's say I'm in a studio with an artist, right? And, you know, you can literally give credit to anybody in that studio if you so choose, there's literally females who have credits on song who did nothing but give head in the studio. You just gave head. And you're credited on the song. And that took away from the beat maker, the producer, the songwriter. I'm not lying when I say this. I really know situations like this. On top of that, now you have a thing, and it's been a thing for a while, right? Diddy did that with his children. Justin is credited as a writer for songs that Mace wrote. He gets publishing that should, be that should belong to Mace and his family, Justin Combs. Justin Combs was in a pamper. He couldn't read, he couldn't write, he couldn't talk. But he's straight off of somebody else's ingenuity, whatever you call it. You know what I'm saying? They're genius. I can't think of the word, right? Um, you have a lot of people who get credit for other people's work and it's so unfair. And so, like I said, I've been talking about this for years, four years, so I'm, and I'm not a songwriter, you know what I'm saying? I know how to write poetry, but I just, I'm not really into the music aspect. I, I'm, my form of media is video. Like I like video, I like editing, I like telling visual stories. But to me, that's like the, the sister, right, to music. Like people, anybody who produces and sings and raps, it kind of goes hand in hand. It's all a process. You know what I'm saying? Even when you watch rappers work. Thank you for writing it out. Ingenuity. Bam! There you go. That's the word. I couldn't think of how to say it. <laughs> but now that y'all spelled it out. Bam! That's the word. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've been in the studio and I've watched people, you know, go through the whole process of writing a rap, writing a song. It's not easy. You know, sometimes you see these in your dreams, you hear melodies. And I think that's the saddest part, even in this day and age, everything is so computerized. You can just make beats. You don't have to know how to play the drums. You don't know how to, you don't have to know how to play the clarinet. 
you know, um, instruments that's not really being pushed anymore like it was back in the day. That's one thing I really respected about Prince's artistry. He literally did everything. He composed the music. He played the instruments. He did so much, you know, and then you have this record label trying to get half. Oh, uh, and he's doing everything like it's insane. So a lot of people get screwed over. I want to play you guys just a snippet of my uh, deep dive. You know, I don't ever really share my deep dive. I'm going to play this snippet for y'all of kind of some things that were said. And then we're going to watch Tiffany's video. So this was a deep dive I did a few years ago here. Okay, let's see here to talk doing BMI conferences and we're saying how they would work on a song with an artist and then the artist is you know I try to mute it because I thought it was going to be too loud. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to go back a little bit and play it over. Thank y'all for telling me. I didn't know if it was going to do the echoing thing, but okay, let me just go back a little bit. It was like at three minutes, I think. Okay. Sorry about that, y'all. In 2012, this was an issue. I mean, it's been an issue, you know, since the dawn of, you know, music. But even back in 2012, there were summits where songwriters were coming together to talk, doing BMI conferences, and were saying how they would work on a song with an artist, and then the artist is, you know, random homeboy or, you know, beat maker in the background who had nothing to do with the lyrics all of a sudden feels like because they hummed a line, they deserve credit. And credit and publishing is how you eat for the rest of your life. Have you ever taken less variety credit than you deserve? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Crazy when it comes to that because people feel entitled and there's no way to prove it. Like you'll you'll be in a room and you'll have a glass, you'll write a song, and then like six months later, Rihanna calls. They want a song. They all need to do some splits, and then every, next thing you know, somebody in the corner that didn't say shit the whole night is like, yo, man, I love fifty percent of the song. Yo, I remember I was over there humming all of them. <laughs> and, and, and there's no camera. There's no nothing. You gotta work out. Yes. Because what, what people don't realize is that holds up. Like that holds up money. Like if every person can't agree on a song, nobody gets paid out. You know what I'm saying? So, and I went through, you know, a couple different, you know, situations where out the blue, somebody was like, yeah, I, you know, I co-produced the record. And it's like, dog, you know, you didn't, you, the beat was done before you even got here. You know what I'm saying? Like the music was done, so. So this is a really big deal for a lot of people. Okay, let me come back on the screen. So as you see, like I said, that deep dive is from two years ago. So I had did a whole deep dive on songwriters um, 
you know, and just like the industry, just because I really wanted to go deep into Static Major, who he was, and how I just felt like he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, because um, he's one of my favorite songwriters. And it was even dope when I did my live um, event in ATL, and I got a chance to interview Pleasure P. Put a teacup if y'all were there when I interviewed Pleasure P. And um, I talked to him about Static Major, and they still have such a deep connection to him to this day because Static Major, you know, really helped them and helped his group, you know what I'm saying, um, get put out there. So it's just, it, it's sad that there's, like, I guess people don't understand, like, how many people behind the scenes really make your favorite artist who they are, you know, and... Um, like I said, 2024 is a year of exposure and people are tired. The money's not moneying, you know what I'm saying? Um, everybody's struggling, everybody's trying to figure out, you know, how to get a bag. And they're tired of their money and the things that their, their talent, their hard work, their blood, sweat and tears just being handed over to somebody else because they're bigger, they're more famous. So that is what Tiffany is talking about. Um, D says Tiffany's trying to start a union though. I don't know. They might be trying to offer for speaking out. L let's stop doing that too. Like let's stop. Don't put that energy out there when we say, oh, you know, be careful for you speaking the truth. We don't want nobody to harm you. Like let's not do that. You know, I, I wish her well, but she's not the first to start a union. If you watch my deep dive, there's, there's already a songwriter's union that they've been trying to get off the ground since like 2018. So she might need to connect with them because they've been trying to unionize. It's called the pact. So they've been trying to do little things so songwriters can get their just dues. But we also have to change this mentality, right? Um, and this is no shade. And I don't know how y'all might take this like I'm being mean or, oh, you're just jealous. You know, y'all people love to say that. But um, when I saw that Northwest is now like, let me bring it up. Bring up the article. I, I'm not. Oh, here it is. Let me let me just show y'all. So this is what went viral today on social media, and I don't post stuff about Northwest because she's a child. I don't understand why all these blogs are so obsessed with her. But Northwest becomes one of the youngest artists to chart on the Billboard's Hot 100 with "Talking." Let that sink in. Imagine. You're a grown adult with bills. You're a singer, songer, you're a singer, songwriter, excuse me. You've written songs for the biggest people. Um, or even you're an up and coming singer. You've been singing since you were five years old in the band and at church. And now this nepotism baby, and no shade, right? Because she's a child, so I don't want to act like I'm talking down to a child, but she's a nepotism baby. Let's keep that real. If her mom wasn't Kim Kardashian and her dad was not Kanye West, she couldn't even smell these charts. She wouldn't even know what a Billboard 100 chart was. I'm Miss Westie. You can be my bestie. Whatever the hell she said in that song. And she's literally now the youngest female artist. I just don't like it. I don't like it. And y'all can take it as shade or whatever. I don't like it. It's no different than DJ Khaled putting Assad on a track and because he said Gaga Goo Goo, now you have him down as a producer as if he was really making beats. 
You're taking splits away from other people. And I get it. I get the other side like, oh, well, they're setting up, you know, generational wealth and, you know, they're setting her up with publishing that can help her in the future. But let's not act like this family is poor, right? Like they, they built generational wealth and some. So it's almost like, well, how much money do you need? I don't know. I just, and the same thing, I, and I know Beyonce has done it with Blue Ivy and stuff like that. And maybe it's a little competition thing. I don't know. But I just feel like it really takes away, um, you know, from real people who really like want to break and they cannot get a break in the industry because everything is going to nepotism babies. And again, I'm not trying to diss a nine-year-old. It's no shade towards her. She was just told to get in a booth and say what her daddy wrote. But I just have to keep it real. Yeah, I think the song is cute. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with the song. I think the song is cute. I think she did a good job on the song. I'm not knocking her, but when I see her now being on the Billboard 100s, it, I just, I don't know. To me, it's not the same as when Raven Simone came out. I think Raven Simone was either nine or 10. Who remembers that song back in the day? That's what little girls are made of. That's what little girls are made of. That's little uh, Raven Simone came out with that when she was like Northwest's age. It was a real song, a real video. We love that song. The little girl from the Cosby show. That to me was a real song. That had nothing to do with nepotism. She really had to. Do y'all remember that? Put a tea come for y'all remember that song. Thank you. Can y'all compare when Raven Simone came out with That's What Little Girls Are Made Of to what Northwest did? Keep it real. Or even Blue Ivy. Thank you. Go back and watch that video, That's What Little Girls Are Made Of. She literally was like a little Mary J. Blige. She had all these different scenes and concepts. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who remembers that video. That was one of my favorite songs as a kid. When she came out with that song, y'all gonna put some respect on Raven Simone's name. Yeah, she was like a little Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott helping her write it. Yup. Go and watch that video and let me know if that compares to anything Northwest or Blue Ivy have ever put out. Raven Simone had a full-fledged video. And it was so dope. They were riding around their power wheels and it, it was really dope. And that's what I'm saying. Like, stuff like that I can respect. She really had to put on the full artistry. Rapping, filming a music video. Music videos, they might be three minutes, but that shit can take days. And that girl killed it. In her little cross-color fit, I'm like thinking of the video in my mind as I'm talking. She had a little cross-color outfit on. She was dancing. And I mean, it was dope. Little Bow Wow's another one. You know, even Willow Smith, when she first came out, she really came out. It was her song. You know, I whipped my hair back and forth. They had a full music video. I can respect that more. That's all I'm saying. I just feel like it's getting lazy. I can just add my child to a track to say a few lines and now... You too are a star. Where's even little stars back then? Remember ABC? Thank you. ABC, The Boys. Um, who else? Um, my Lucky Charm. I think that was The Boys. Um, ABC, Another Bad Creation at the Playground. You know? Playground. That's where I met this shorty. Oh my God! Don't hit me! Don't get me started, y'all! And Aisha, you are the girl that I never had. And I want to get to know you better. Aisha. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, y'all are bringing me back. Let me stop, honey. 
Y'all are bringing me back. So that's what I'm saying. I come from the era of like kid bands, kid singers, you know, immature. Yes. I will never lie again. She will always be my friend. Yes, honey. Okay. Sammy, I like the way you look at me. I like the time we spend, baby. I like what we have grown to be. I like it, girl. Don't you know I like it? Ah! <laughs> okay, I'm clown. <laughs> that, so, so for me, that's the era I grew up in. When I see kids are getting on the billboard, I need to, they need to be singing, dancing, putting out a full music video with effects and that, I'm not seeing this with this Northwest Kanye song. I come from that era. So I have no problem with kids doing music, okay? But if you're going to call yourself an artist, I need a single. I need an EP. I need a full album. Because all the kids who came before Northwest and Blue Ivy, they had to put in work. They made songs for children. This is why there's no nothing for tweens anymore. This is why little girls are sitting their ass at Sephora because they're busy watching Northwest's skincare routine at nine years old. I would have loved it if Northwest came out with her own little, you know, kitty boppy song. And it was just Northwest on the song. Not attached to her daddy. Like, yes, we had little Romeo. You know, we all knew Master P, but that was Romeo's song. That was his song. That was his work. So that's all I'm saying, child. Don't get me started, honey. That's all I'm saying. They're all, a, a lot of them were Nepo babies. Willow's a Nepo baby. Little Romeo's a Nepo baby. But the difference is when Willow came out, she came out with her own music. People didn't even know that Willow did music till I whipped my hair back and forth came out. That was a full song. It was a full video. It hit. It was, it, I loved it. I loved I whipped my hair. Same with Little Romeo, my baby. Yes, his dad is Master P, but Romeo killed it. My baby, that video was so, like my little sister used to watch that video all the time. Like I love that song. So, you know, oh, Romy, give me one more chance. Like, yes, like those were like kid songs and kid performers, and they had to put in just as much work as the adults. But now what I'm seeing now is just the fact that, oh, well, such and such is my dad, so I can just hoop and holler and say a few words on the track, and then I get the credit, I get publishing, I get praise, I get articles. No, I, I need to see like a little Raven Simone. I can't give this like props. Not when we had Raven Simone out here who did a full-fledged music video paying homage to icons who came before her. Y'all remember she had the little Madonna scene where she looked like she was on Vogue and she had the towel on her head. Like she paid homage to so many female entertainers in that video as a little girl. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So now let me go ahead and play uh, Tiffany's um, video here where she's talking about singer-songwriters and what they go through. So let me go ahead and pull this up. It's on my screen. Okay. Oh, wrong Tiffany. Whew. Tiffany Haddish, child. Not her popping up like that. Okay, there we go. This Tiffany.
All right, Miss Tiffany. It's kind of long, but I'm going to try and um, fast forward a little bit of it. All right. I think we can just start a bar right here. Songwriters. Why? Because I was a songwriter and I walked away from the music business because of the things that I speak about. So I have extensive experience. Almost all of my friends are in the music industry and write for your favorite artists like a Beyonce. Um, so I'm not up on the internet just talking shit and like, you know, making things up. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I ain't trying to get sued. That's called defamation. I'm not defaming anybody. I am um, coming to y'all with things that I can back up. I don't never get on this platform and talk about shit I don't know. I be having, you see this? You see this thing? I am organized, honey, okay? Y'all might not think that because you watch me on the internet and you don't know me like that for real. You only know the front facing Tiffany Red, but like, let me fast forward a bit. In my living room. In my living room. <laughs> Tamar got, I don't know. I don't know what she ended up getting. I think I own like 85% of that song. But I should own all of it because I did all of it. She didn't write shit. Seven Streeter. Who's a songwriter? This one really hurt my heart. Seven Streeter. Just being honest. Me and Monsoor did that song. It was originally called Bitch. I wrote that song by myself. I'm not even really a big co-writer like that. I prefer writing songs by myself because I don't know, I just prefer to write like that. So I have a lot of records that I have placed that either have one co-writer on or that I've written solo dolo, right? Seven ended up with 10% of that record. I fought like hell for her to not have any of the publishing because she didn't write anything on it. Publishing is my only source of income. I didn't even, and by the way, <laughs> None of the artists that I've, that I've mentioned have a career anything close to in music, Beyonce. None of them do. But the reason why I'm bringing up my experience with every artist or almost every artist that I've worked with that has taken publishing that they did not earn on the songs that I wrote for them is because there is a precedent that's set. The reason why I called out Beyonce is because Beyonce is the Michael Jackson of our generation. And so if there's anybody that could reshape the precedent if there's anybody that could influence the industry that had the power and the money and the cultural like thing to say you know what y'all you're right these songwriters have been out here we've been in the street literally i have been in the street in front of spotify i've been in front of universal i have sat and i have talked to all y'all publishers I talk to y'all publishers. I talk to the DSPs. I talk to the copyright royalty, uh, the copyright, the U.S. Copyright Office. I talk to NMPA. I talk to RIAA. I talk to Sona. I talk to NSAI. I talk to all of them. And guess what? Y'all are still broke. Okay, that's the fucking truth, right? Okay, so the people that are like. Oh, this is not true. I had somebody call it propaganda yesterday. It's not fucking propaganda. 
The reality is, is there is no A-list artist, B-list artist, or C-list artist that's not taking publishing because that is the way the music industry works. And to deny that is delusional. And what I will not allow <laughs> is for anybody to make me feel like I'm in the twilight zone because I know I'm not in the twilight zone. I can pull up my records. I talked to somebody yesterday, somebody's uh, a manager of somebody who is a writer and producer on Renaissance, okay? The record is one of y'all faves. The song was written six years before it got to Beyonce. She got 25% of the song. I've talked to another, another writer who wrote and sang on one of your favorite songs. Credit not right, all kind of shit fucked up. His business still isn't handled. Beyonce was on tour last year with that record, with that person's vocals, all that. I'm not crazy. And here's the thing. The reason why people who work for Beyonce don't talk is because they're all on NDAs because that's also how she works. She silences people so that nobody can speak. I'm not a writer that's written for Beyonce. I haven't shot, I haven't sh shot my shot at Beyonce because I'm not willing to give her any publishing. Not because I haven't had the opportunity. I've had the opportunity to work with everybody and I've turned down a lot of stuff because I'm not willing to play these games. There's a massive power dynamic happening. Please don't act like it's easy to negotiate with Beyonce and her team because it is not. If it was, th if that was the case, there would not be so many people coming to me like Tiff. This is how much was taken. Shit is not negotiable. It's not. These are the terms, which means okay, cool. Then we work for you, Beyonce. So that means you're an employer. But either way, to imply that. The artists do not have to be responsible for the business practices that they exercise with songwriters to, to, to insinuate that the only way you are treated fairly is if you are managed by one of the gatekeepers is bullshit. It's bullshit. You shouldn't have to be in company with a gatekeeper to be treated fairly. You should not have to have a gatekeeper on your team to make a livable wage off of music that is making people billionaires. Them Grammys don't pay the bills. Those plaques do not pay the bills. There are people with Grammys and plaques who can't pay their rent. I know people who are super accredited, broke. It means nothing. Trust me, I know. I remember having a conversation with a writer who wrote on, what was the record Beyonce did after or before Renaissance? I can't remember whatever the record was. I remember talking to one of the writers and talking to them about how much of the publishing she was taking. And this writer was like, look, Tip, I, I don't want no smoke with me. Like, I just let her take the publishing. That's bullshit. 
all of these writers that you guys see celebrating in the studio with these artists posted up in pictures like yeah everything is all good those writers are being exploited those writers time is not paid for their services are not paid for their contribution to the to the sound recording is not paid for their the, the um their first use of the copyright is not paid for their fucking parking is not paid for their fucking lunch is not paid for That's the truth. The truth is, is that we work in an industry that proclaims and makes billions of dollars, but can't even buy you fucking lunch. But I'm, but I'm tripping. But I'm tripping. No, they're tripping. And you're tripping if you with them. There's people that are like, then nobody had no gun in your head. The gun to your head is the power dynamic. Think critically, y'all. The gun to your head is the power dynamic. The gun to your head is your livelihood. The gun to your head is being excluded and ostracized and, and retaliated against for tr even trying. That's the gun to your head. They don't need to put a gun to your head anymore. Because they control everything. That's the gun. You being silenced. That's the gun. Okay. We're not going to listen to all 17 minutes. But y'all get the points. Um, come back on the screen. So she said a lot. And so this has been causing a lot of debate on social media. Lots of back and forth, people feeling away. And what's very interesting with what a lot of the responses I'm seeing from social media concerning this young woman, because to be honest with you, she told no lies. And she said, she didn't say that she wrote for Beyonce. She's, she didn't ever claim that. She said she knows people who have written for Beyonce, but she's caught up people that she's written for like Tamar Braxton and others. But um, it's very interesting how a lot of people are taking her claims and I'm trying to figure out, is it because she mentioned Beyonce's name and she's saying, look, Beyonce, you have a platform. You you have enough power where you can change some of this dynamic. We're just asking for, you know, if we wrote the song, she's not saying like, okay, if I'm in the studio with Beyonce and she's there writing with me and I'm there writing with her, then yes, we split it 50-50. What they're saying is that they're literally writing songs in their homes, in their studio and they're not getting any credit. Like the, the artist wasn't even there. There's a part where she talks about Zendaya that somebody wrote a song or might've been her. They wrote a song and they gave it to Zendaya and Zendaya was nowhere there in the writing process, but she gets the publishing. She gets credit on that. Esther Dean is another one who's one of my favorite uh, writers. You know, uh, I love that song. That song she had with Chris Brown. Make your booty go boom, 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 and I love that song. And Esther Dean, she's another woman who's written so many songs who does not get enough credit. Money Long, she's finally getting her shine, but she's been in the industry for years as a songwriter. You know, so yeah, Drop It Low. That's the song, Drop It Low. That is my jam. I couldn't think of the name of the song. Boom, 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 boom. I love that. But um, the thing that's just really frustrating is I feel like people are low-key dismissing her because, you know, a lot of the song, well, she's a songwriter. Not a lot of them are complaining because they're scared to, like, really speak their truth.
but because she's a black woman and she's calling out Beyonce. Like, I felt like there was more sympathy and more empathy when it was the writers for TV and film. Remember the Hollywood strike, right? This was just a few months ago. Remember all those white men at the picket line crying tattoo tears, saying that they're not gonna be able to pay their rent. They're not getting what they deserve as writers. Writers are the heartbeat of a show. Without the writing team, there's nothing to shoot. There's no actors to do auditions to book. It all starts with a writer. It starts with a thought, an idea. And so I just felt like there was a lot more sympathy for when a lot of white folks were in Hollywood picketing and saying, hey, I'm a writer and I can't pay my rent. This is not fair. This industry is making billions of dollars selling movies and TV shows. And we're not getting a cut of the streaming. We talked about how, you know, the streaming really only benefits the studios. It doesn't really even benefit the actors and actresses, let alone the writers. So it's very interesting now that as a black woman, she's talking about writing, but in a different field. Her writing is not in television and film. It's very interesting how the messenger is not being dismissed by a lot of people who three months ago were crying tattooed tears for all the people who were, you know, TV show writers and movie writers. So I'm trying to figure out what is the difference. Is it because she brought up Beyonce and we all know Beyonce is a sacred cow and nobody's supposed to ever mention her name unless it's to, you know, praise her. I, I don't get it. And I'm a Beyonce fan. Low-key beehive member. Yeah. I, I just find it interesting. Because she really minds her business. I haven't really seen a bunch of mess attached to her name. She's just saying like, one, pay me fairly, but stop giving our publishing to people who weren't there. Stop, be, you know, stop accrediting people who did no work. Just because you gave somebody head in the studio, why should you get credit for the rest of your life in publishing money? When that percentage could go to the person who actually wrote the song, who actually made the beat, who actually produced it from start to finish. That's all she's really saying. But I think because she bought a Beyonce's name, that's where a lot of people are being really dismissive. And I don't think that's fair because I don't think she's saying anything different than what a lot of those people in Hollywood were saying months ago. And I think anybody who's a writer, if you sit and you write and you put things together, you should be compensated. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of brain power. It's a lot of thinking and thought and sleepless nights. You know, when you're writing and creating. Being a creative, it's, it's, it's hard because sometimes you cannot shut your brain off. Your brain is always going where it's even hard to sleep. And when you get ideas, you got to jump up in the middle of the night and write them down or, or put them in your phone, take screenshots. You can just be walking down the street and be like, dang, this would be cool or this is a good thought. This is a good idea. And you're taking pictures and taking notes. Like it, it's hard sometimes as a creative to like just turn your brain off. So they definitely should be compensated. Like she said, you know, we're making money for a billion dollar industry and these people are writing for hours at a time. You can't even provide them with lunch. Like when I used to have writing sessions, when I would work on like, um, I was working on like a YouTube series I had wanted to do back when I lived in LA and we would have writing sessions. I would order pizza and make sure that people got fed. I mean, the series didn't go anywhere, but I still fed people. And it's like, if I'm doing that, just little old me, why would somebody who's as big as, you know, a big celebrity, why wouldn't you provide lunch for your writing team? 
You know, it's just little things like that. So I don't know. I just I just think that it's a it's a big conversation and I just think like people are not taking it anymore. You know, and yes, it's easy to say, well, just leave the industry, go find a regular job. And she could. I'm sure she maybe also works a regular job too. You know, I don't know her backstory, I don't know her finances. But if that's something that you love and that's your passion, why shouldn't you be compensated for it? You know? That'd be no different than if you're being mistreated at your nine to five job and, I, and you know, I just say, oh, well, just go find another one. Well, no, I, I worked my way up the corporate ladder. I, I worked hard. I put time into this company. I just want fair treatment. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong for asking for that. Somebody says Beyonce gets too much blame on everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that too. It seems like her name is always being attached to something. But I get what she's saying though, why she bought it Beyonce. Like Beyonce, you really have the power to like, kind of help, you know, speak on this. Let's not forget, like, can we keep it real? Wasn't it Beyonce's husband who had that stupid Illuminati meeting? <laughs> that's what the internet called it, it wasn't though. Remember, they were all crying, remember all the artists, when that's why he started Title. Let, let, I, mean, let, I mean, is she really that far off to say, hey Beyonce, can you speak up for us? Wasn't her husband in that bootleg Illuminati title meeting? Remember, it was Jay-Z and uh, Beyonce, Alicia Keys, Usher. It was like all the Kanye. Y'all remember that big old title meeting? And they were crying tattoo tears about how artists aren't getting paid enough and y'all need to stream music on title so that way they can get more money. And what did the people say? Look, look, Patrick said, T don't figure the thing. I really don't, child. What did the people say? No, we're not, we're not, you know, some of us left and went to Title, but most people are like, I'm not leaving my Apple streaming services. You're charging twice as much. I can get the same music on Apple. I can get the same music on Spotify. So Title eventually fizzed out. But is this any different than Jay-Z's Illuminati Title meeting? No. She's asking for her to do the same thing, but not just for artists and the people in front of the camera. Do it for the folks behind the camera. Do it for the songwriters. That's all she's asking. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong. Y'all remember that damn title video? Everybody was like, oh, hell no. Not these damn billionaires, millionaires, and you know what I'm saying, uh, A-list singers crying for more money. Meanwhile, indie artists, we forget about indie artists. They barely make what they should make. But you got Jay-Z, Kanye, Alicia Keys, and all them crying tattooed tears. Child, we put out the tiny violin and just kept on streaming on Apple. I just, I just think everything should be fair across the board. You know, whoever works on something, everybody should be compensated fairly, right? And that goes for the studios. Like, it doesn't make any sense that these studios make billions of dollars, but the writers can barely afford rent in L.A., you know? So, especially when you're talking about things that last a lifetime. Music. You know, music has the power to bring people together or divide people. But music lasts a lifetime if it's good music. So if it's good music that can last through the generations, people should be compensated for that. It's only fair. So it just shows you how dirty the industry is. It really does. Uh, BM says, T, you should look up Neo's Irreplaceable. Beyonce tried to claim she wrote it. Neo came out and said, no, this is his song. Oh, it's in my deep dive, honey. I told you I did a two-hour deep dive on this subject. Trust me, I put that clip in there about Neon Beyonce and Rihanna tried to do the same thing. 
She was in that too. I, I busted out a lot of these big name, you know, A-list singers who have claimed other people's work only for us to find the reference tracks. Because see, when it's your work, there should be no reference track, J-Lo. I shouldn't hear Ashanti in the background singing, you know what I'm saying, because they're too lazy to even take off Ashanti's references. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's all in the deep dive. So if you want to watch it, it's on my YouTube uh, membership page, Patreon, or Discord. But it's in the Static Major Deep Dive. Okay, let me read a few more of these super chats. Okay, I've been out here for over an hour. And I still want to get on this Wendy Williams situation too. Oh, I got two more. Okay, all right. Uh, let me see here. Oh, I feel like I read that. Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> Faye Yoki says they also call homeless people residently challenged. Okay, y'all are doing way too much, child. I'm a child of the 90s. Homeless is what I call it. Residently challenged. That sounds even worse. Thank you for the super chat. <laughs> that sounds even worse, honey. I'm residently challenged. Oh my gosh. Um, let's see here. Dexter said, hell, hell is empty because all the demons are in the music industry. Mmm. That's deep. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Darius Carter sent 499 says, You're my favorite personality. You are very beautiful. I miss the way them titties used to sit up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love the way you cover all your topics with honesty. Oh my goodness. Well, that's because I lost a lot of weight. So my boobs just like. <laughs> I feel like they depleted. I think I'm like a B cup now. I was like a double D at one point, but I think I'm like down to a B. But everybody's like, I'm at least a C. But yeah, they've gotten smaller. Yep, nothing you can do. <laughs> but thank you for the super chat. Y'all are wild. <laughs> Y'all are wild. <laughs> oh, let me see here. Uh, Dorian Brooks sent $10 says, you're definitely not wrong about being able to turn your brain off. I wanted to write since high school, and it's the point I keep a journal on me, and even at work, I write down ideas. Yes, that is so true. Like, it is. Like, your mind is always going, which is just so hard. But thank you, uh, Dorian. Um, they're going to say, looks like a C or bigger to me. No, for real, because I put on, like, because, you know, I was trying on, like, my swimsuits. I'm like, damn, all my tops are just, you know, like, like, when you're first, like, trying on bras as a little girl and you're trying to figure out your bra size and I feel like I don't put on like the, a big old cup and I'm not filling it up so I gotta like drop my bikini top sizes child <laughs> y'all are wild <laughs> yeah the big tatas are gone they're no longer here but it's all good I feel a lot better oh let's see here purple rain says hey T did you see Andy Cohen was accused of sexual harassment not Andy Cohen. Hold up, Purple Rain. Let me go ahead and Google this. Not good old Andy, honey. Who's just a, who's a messy bottom? Who he sexually harassed? Oh, they said he don't apologize too. Apologizes for inappropriate comments after Brandy Glanville. Ooh, Brandy. Glanville accuses Andy Cohen of sexual harassment, threatens to sue Bravo. 
Yeah, I'm nosy. Ain't Brandy that drunk lady that was on the, they had did a trip with her? What did he say to Brandy? Hold up, court documents. Damn, it's in court documents. Hold up, y'all, let me share this. I didn't know Andy Cohen was in trouble. This industry is just horrible. They said he out here harassing people. Hold on. That's him, Andy Cohen. So it says, in court documents obtained by the blast, Brandy felt disgusted and trapped by Andy Cohen as he revealed he wanted to sleep with the Bravo star. Hold up, ain't he gay? Not the gay man trying to sleep with this woman. All he do, and I'm not saying that, like, but he brags like, I'm gay, me and my partner, us and our children. Wait, hold up now. He's never come on and said he was bi. He's always said he was gay. And not the messy bottom trying to get some cooch. All right, let me keep reading. In a legal letter, Brandy's lawyer wrote, Miss Glanville herself has been a victim of sexual harassment at Bravo by none other than Andy Cohen in a video sent by Mr. Cohen to Miss Gainville in 2022. Mr. Cohen apparently obviously inebriated, boasted of his intentions to sleep with another Bravo star that night while thinking of her and invited her to watch via FaceTime. Mr. Cohen was Miss Glanville's boss at the time and exercised complete control over her career. This was an extraordinary abuse of power that left Miss Glanville feeling trapped and disgusted. It is inconvincible that Mr. Cohen remains in his post in spite of his behavior and harkens back to the bad days of Matt Lauer on NBC News when profits were prioritized over people. Oh, wow. Oh, so he sent out a tweet. He was quick to respond. In a tweet, Andy wrote, the video shows Kate, Chasten, and I very clearly joking to Brandy. It was obviously meant in jest, and Brandy's response clearly communicated it was, she was in on the joke. That said, it was totally inappropriate. I apologize. Honey. Let me find out this entire industry is fucked up. From reality TV to the music industry. Damn it, y'all done fucked up wrestling for me. I can never even like, I don't watch the new wrestling, but I like to watch the old school wrestling matches on YouTube. Don't judge me. I'll go back and watch like the 1990 Royal Rumbles and shit. Now I can't even watch old school wrestling without thinking of how crazy this storyline is and what Vince has done to people. Hold on, why is my light flashing? Give me just a second here. But um, it's like everything is just getting crazy out here, like with all of these industries. Brandy was one of the Real Housewives, I think, of Beverly Hills, if I'm not mistaken. But it's like between this with reality television, Vince McMahon. Oh, and then, oh, let me clear this up because some of y'all wrestling fans tried to come for me when I first spoke on Vince McMahon like two weeks ago, and I was saying that he had sent that text talking about how he wanted to see that girl get BBC 
you know what I'm saying, by a bunch of black men. And y'all said that, oh, they was in the comments trying to come for me like, oh, you're always making stuff about race. Vince didn't say that. Your receipts are fake. Not only were my receipts real, more has come out. Did y'all see the latest on Vince McMahon? Who was the guy he was with? I can't think of his name. Y'all not be having brain fog, y'all. Write his name. Vince McMahon doodled on that girl's head. And that man kept sleeping with her. Did y'all read that? Since you thought I was over-exaggerating about the BBC? Don't ever come for my receipts because I'm not going to speak on something if it's not true. The BBC receipt that I pulled up was very factual. I don't play about my wrestling. Who was that? Brock Lesnar. Thank you. Who, who wrote that? Obscure. Obscure FM. Yes. Vince McMahon doodled on her head and Brock kept hitting it for an hour and a half. Let that sink in. I said, what in the Illuminati ritual is going on here? Yes. So while y'all try to say I was over-exaggerating about his BBC text message, oh, she done spilled all the tea. And she better, she better sue WWF, WWE for everything they're worth. That is disgusting and demonic. So at this point now, I don't even feel right watching the old school wrestling matches. Now that that done came out, I'm like, what in the hell? The whole entertainment industry is just disgusting. Oh, wasn't Brock? Who was it? Somebody wrote Brock Lesnar. Who was it? I don't want to say his name if it wasn't. Who was the dude who was in there with Vince when he was hitting off old girl after he pooped on her head? Nobody knows his name. Somebody called him Vince McDubai. <laughs> Not Vince McDubai. Y'all are crazy. Who was it if it wasn't Brock? It was John. Oh, John Laurentis. Hold on. I'm gonna write it in the chat so y'all know because I don't. I think I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Okay, it was John. Okay, sorry, Brock Lesnar. It was John. I knew it was one of them. Yeah, so you can't tell me him and Vince did not have something going on. For him to be that comfortable doing a threesome with Vince and, and kept going after Vince did that, you can't tell me him and Vince weren't fucking. I'm sorry. So at this point in time, the whole industry is just, I, I don't know, I just feel like, like the last person who sent the Super Chat said, ain't no demons in hell because they're all in the entertainment industry. It's a mess. <laughs> Sorry to get off topic. But don't ever come for my receipts. Because since I talked about the BBC situation, even more has come out about Vince. And I'm just like, at this point, I, I just like, this is like my whole childhood ruined. Like, literally. I can never watch the WWE, WWF the same again. Like, it just, I... Vince is sick, but I've always said that. I've always said that. I've always said that for years on this channel. That you don't get to that billionaire space without literally shitting on people. I didn't know it was like literal. 
But I've always said that there was something wrong and creepy with Vince McMahon. Because his skits were just, it just became too much. And then all of the wrestlers that he used and, you know, basically used their essence, their, their energy, their body, and then just threw them to the wolves when he was done with them. I mean, think about the Montreal screw, uh, Screwball. Even when Owen Hart, we watch Owen Hart die on, on national television. And like that traumatized us as kids. They didn't cut the commercial break. We thought it was a skit. Then we find out, no, he really died. And it was business as usual. Yep. I've been calling. Thank you, Phoenix. Been calling it. It's crazy. Yeah, the, it's called the Montreal Screwball. With Brett the Hitman Hart. And Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I'm really into old school wrestling. I'm sorry. I'll be getting on a tangent. Y'all not love old school wrestling, child. The new shit I can't get into, but the old school, we could talk about old school wrestling all day. <laughs> okay, let me stop. Yes. Who is Owen Hart? Destiny. Destiny got to be a baby. She said, who is Owen Hart? Oh, bless your heart, Destiny. He was a great wrestler and he died on national television. Oh, screw job. Am I saying screw ball? I'm sorry. Screw job. <laughs> I said the screw ball, the screw job. Yeah. Y'all know what match I meant. Yeah. It was sad. But yeah, like old school wrestling was like, I don't know. That was like our reality television, right? Before like Real Housewives and all that shit. We had old school wrestling. <laughs> and we tune in every week to find out what was going to go on next. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, like, just, and remember, like, I remember one of my favorite ones was a match made in heaven and a match made in hell with Macho Man Randy Savage when him and Miss Elizabeth were getting married. I remember that. I had so many memories from, like, back then. Like, old school wrestling was so dope. I remember when he, like, first, like, proposed to her. <laughs> and he was like, will you marry me, Miss Elizabeth? Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> Why can I sound like Macho Man Randy said? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, the Royal Rumbles used to be off the chain. So when I tell you, like, I am distraught. Because it's like, I feel torn. Like, now I feel guilty. Like, can I even go back and watch any of these shows? Like, this man has literally ruined my childhood at this point. Fuck Vince McMahon. He has literally ruined my childhood. Somebody said the Montreal screw poop job. Y'all are our best. Y'all are our best to this chat. I swear. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we got to get on this Wendy Williams story. Um, Hold on. Uh, Shelly says, I can't stand the storyline with Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Man, bless Eddie Guerrero. He was such a dope wrestler. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's just uh Ric Flair, I love Ric Flair. He'd be like, woo! Big fan of Ric Flair over here. Yes. You grew up watching the Von Erics. Those were all the brothers, like every last one of them died. Like all five brothers. 
I think my favorite wrestler, hands down, was the Ultimate Warrior. But then it sucked because as I got older, I realized like he wasn't really a good wrestler. He was just mysterious and had like, I don't know, he just had like this mysterious personality. But he really was not a good wrestler. If you really compare him to like the, the greats, he really was not that good at wrestling. But I don't know, his persona was larger than life though. But I was like a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. I did like Shawn Michaels, even though, you know what I'm saying, he was a heel at times. But and Brett the Hitman Hart, Razor Ramon, oh god, he was so fun. The Junkyard Dog, like it was like just so many of them. Let me get off this subject. The Undertaker, all of them. Dusty Rose was dope too. Dusty Rose was like, he had a lot of soul to him. You know what I'm saying? He was raised around like like a lot of black people. Like he had a lot of soul to him. Dusty Rose, he did. His son was shady though. His son was shady as fuck. Triple H, yeah, Triple H, mm -hmm. he's, he's cool. Yeah, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes was shady. Mankind, Sting, Sting was cool. Who remembers, Um, I remember the Bushwhackers, I liked the, the Bushwhackers. Um, who was the other one? Jake the Snake, I love Jake the Snake Roberts. He was another favorite, he went through it, he went through it. I liked the Yokozuna too. The big fat Japanese wrestler, Yokozuna. I liked him. I liked Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Poor, and that was sad how he died. He died the same day Kamala Harris took into office. And so when he was trending on Twitter, all the wrestling fans were sad. And then everybody thought Kamala had died. But it was really Kamala, the Ugandan giant, not Kamala Harris, the vice president. It was a crazy day on Twitter. <laughs> it was a crazy day on Twitter that day that he died. Like for real. Okay, so we got to talk about Wendy Williams here because I've been on now for like an hour and a half. We got to talk about Wendy Williams. Poor Wendy's definitely going through it. It was announced today that she has dementia. And um, we know her documentary is coming out, but she she's going through it really, really bad. I'm trying to find the video. I feel so bad for her. It's a lot going on. Okay, looks like Fox News Chicago's reporting on it. So we're going to watch this really quick. Give me just a second. Um, hold up. That's the wrong one. This is the one. It's surprising. All right. Let me share this. Announcement today by former talk show host Wendy Williams' medical team. They say she has been diagnosed with a form of dementia, a progressive disorder that has already presented significant hurdles in her life. Joining us now to discuss and explain further is Dr. Gunjuri. She is an assistant professor in geriatrics and palliative care at Rush. Thanks for joining us for this important conversation. A lot of questions out there about this. Hi, thank you for having me. So Wendy Williams is only 59, uh, not an age most of us would think of someone with dementia. Uh, tell us what her condition is called and explain exactly what it is. Absolutely. So uh, this is primary progressive aphasia, which is a subvariant of something called frontotemporal dementia, which actually does affect younger people, um, usually under age 65. 
And um, the frontotemporal dementia has a couple of different variants. Um, primary progressive aphasia is uh, comprises about two out of three of those. Um, basically, it's an early loss of language and speech. Um, it can be language in different forms, whether it's um, speaking, understanding, a word uh, finding, sentence structure, um, word comprehension. Um, and it happens pretty early in life. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, other types of dementia happen later. Um, this is one that happens uh, much earlier and can be uh, pretty progressive pretty quickly. Uh, and so it can be absolutely devastating to families and to uh, patients themselves. So I understand this is the same condition that another well-known celebrity, Bruce Willis, has. Um, so you kind of answered the question, part of the question I have for you, which is how quickly does this condition deteriorate? But I also want to know, do we know what causes this? We really don't. Um, sometimes it's people who have had neurocognitive issues in the past. Sometimes it's people who have had um, learning disabilities in the past as well. Uh, there can be genetic variants that um, predispose folks to uh, this kind of dementia. And other times we just don't know. Um, and unfortunately, you know, after language uh, loss, people start to have other losses as well including other forms of cognitive impairment, visuospatial impairment, um, slowly losing things like mobility and the ability to um, do daily activities. Initially, it's daily activities that are reliant on um, uh, language, you know, like uh, communicating on the phone, sending an email, understanding street signs, things like that. Uh, over time, that can progress to worse um, impairments in, in mobility, daily activities, uh, personal care, and things mm -hmm. like that. It's well known that Wendy also has uh, Graves' disease. Uh, she was I'm sorry. Okay, I see it. I'm sorry. Okay, I had to mute the microphone for the thing. Okay, I'm back on. Thank y'all for letting me know. So I was saying that, okay, so one thing I've noticed is that a lot of people are saying like, oh, this is Wendy's karma because Wendy was always, you know, talking about other people, talking about people's marriages, things like that. But I also feel like that's kind of weird to say that that's her karma all the while typing this in the shade room. Like, Y'all are in the Shade Room, which is a gossiping Instagram website. Y'all are on different, you know, platforms, which spill tea and celebrity gossip. So at that point, are you guys not as guilty? That, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand when I kept pe seeing people say, well, this is her karma. So... What is the Shade Room's karma going to be? What is Hollywood on life? Like, I don't think that has anything to do with her karma. Honestly, from what I see, because from what I heard, you're not, she's too young, I think, to have dementia. And so from what I was also seeing, people are saying this could be related to her alcohol usage. Because even in her documentary, she was saying that she was drinking a lot. 
And so when you, you know, anything you abuse, I don't care if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, that can take a toll on your brain. So people are saying that it might be from the alcohol use and that might be what's causing this as well. Plus, it's also scary to know that she has a lot of people around her that are not necessarily good people. Because her niece was also, her niece also recently did an interview with, um, I think The View. I had watched it earlier today and she was talking about it. Um, it looks like, hold on. She did another interview with E.T. We're going to watch this real quick. Because her niece is speaking on what's going on with Wendy Williams as well. So let, let me play this real quick here. It's just like, it's like, it's so sorry. Please say here, we'll get her out of here, okay? Yes. Yes. One second. Yeah, we'll be right back, Wendy. Okay. Hi. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know you. I'm good. Thank you. Have a good one. We'll text you. Came out of nowhere and she hates she calls my number to me. Nice try. I don't need your fake using behind in the middle of my relationship. Why not? Hi. So let me ask you is how, like, because I know you're really good friends with Sean now, whatnot. I'm just trying to understand, like, what you pay her and she's your friend? I pay her. Okay. And all of a sudden, she's more than PR. That's interesting. She understands finance. Okay. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you. It's no secret that there have been random people around you getting money, getting paid, whatever the case may be. Stealing money from me. I'm just trying to figure out your friends that you're saying is your friend that you're also paying. It's giving a little desperate energy. You are an A-list celebrity. You are bigger than this. You are better than this. You are smarter than this. You are stronger than this. The Aunt Wendy that I know that has instilled in me how to navigate this crazy business that we're in, this isn't it. People around you getting paid, they're going to tell you stuff. Okay, I thought they had interviewed her, but I guess not. Um, that's just a clip from the upcoming documentary. And from what she was saying on The Real, no, on The View, excuse me, she was saying that Wendy has like a three-part contract with Lifetime to like shoot like a three-part series. And we've seen the one that she did, I think like two, three years ago, where she was talking about how she got into, you know, having her talk show, her, you know, basically her life story. So this is like the second or third series for a lifetime but my thing is she doesn't look well she does not look well at all so it's just like like why are they shooting this like i get you know the audience you know we want to know that she's okay and she's fine but it just seems kind of very very exploitative in my personal opinion and it seems to be a lot of people around her that should not be around her and it's to me it's also sad that everything hard that she worked hard for she basically lost it she lost a lot of it, you know, due to her husband and his infidelities. I think that kind of pushed over the edge, which brought on a lot of the drinking and the issues that she's now facing. But um, 
I don't know. I feel bad for her. I do. You know, I'm a fan of Wendy Williams. We all got what we do. Everybody here on YouTube doing commentary and tea and giving our opinions. She's the blueprint and nobody can ever take that from her. She's literally the blueprint. You know what I'm saying? So, and she's the one who like kind of kept it real. She wasn't trying to be friends with celebrities. She's the one who's going to ask the questions that we all want to know. You know, she was not going to be given like the cookie cutter interviews. She's going to give her opinion and she doesn't care if that makes her friends or makes her enemies. That's what, you know, people tuned in for. That's what people like. So I don't understand like now it's all this karma talk. And it's like, well, was it karma when you tuned in every, you know, she was on air for like 10 years, Monday through Friday. Because if that's her karma, then what's your karma for watching the shit? Just keeping it real. So I just found that very interesting that there were some people on the on the shade room who kept saying, oh, this is her karma. Meanwhile, you're on the shade room. You're not on a gospel website. You're not on a Christian, you know, influencer page. You're on the shade room. Make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense. I just wish her the best, though. I, I really do. Um, she's very much missed. I remember they said she was going to start a podcast and somehow that kind of went by the wayside, but I just, I hope she gets better. And, um, you know, I just, this is really sad. This is really sad. Cause you can just tell it's a lot going on with her, um, health wise. And it's sad to see anybody, especially somebody we've watched for years. Like she's been around, hell, she's been really part of our childhoods. I remember her and Whitney Houston getting into it. I had every single Wendy book that she ever dropped, the Wendy Williams experience books. I still have those books and I got those back. I mean, hell, even before, my youngest was born, you know, like Wendy was always like just keeping it real. So it's really hard to see her like this. It really is. Okay, so now we got to talk about the Tiffany Haddish situation here. Child, Tiffany Haddish is here and she got into a lot of trouble the other day because she was bragging about going to go, um, to Israel said she was looking for a man she also said that basically um, she wants to go see the war up close I don't know it was just like really weird the shit that she was saying so she got a lot of backlash for it so we're gonna watch that clip and then she broke down crying in her response to the backlash okay give me just a second here I'll share this screen Hold on, why is this muted? Oh. I need to go see for myself. I'm one of those people. I'm sleepy as hell. My three sleep this whole flight. I've been up all night. And I'm gonna sleep the whole 16 hours. And I'm gonna go see for myself. I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna go see all of them. I'm gonna ask questions. See with my own eyes. Because mm -hmm. I don't believe everything. You know, social media, they say, I, I know a lot of stuff on social media be not true. Because, yeah, yeah, I didn't even open it. Dancing, going, getting stuff. Gonna have some fun. I need to go see for myself. I'm one of those people. I'm sweet. All right, anyways, child. So she wants to go see the war up close. She wants to try and find a man. 
man, my man, my man. So, you know, people drug her. She lost 14,000 subscribers or followers on Twitter, I think. Um, people were dragging her. She was trending all day yesterday. So TMZ decides to give her a call and find out, you know, what was going on with her. So while she was talking to TMZ, she broke down crying for some strange reason. So we're going to go ahead and watch her interview with TMZ really quick here. Give me just a second to pull this up. All right, here goes her TMZ um, conversation. This is so meaningful. Tell us why you decided to go in the middle of what's going on in the Middle East right now. I can't believe everything that I read. I need to go see for myself. I want to talk to the actual people that's here, that people that actually experience the, the situation that happened on the 7th. The people that actually have family members that are hostages that were taken out of their own homes um, that were on their way to work, driving from Palestine to uh, Israel, working here on a daily basis and how they were taken as well. Like, just I wanted to talk to the people. I wanted to be with the people. I wanted to see with my own eyes, hear with my own ears. What have you heard so far? <laughs> I've learned a lot. I, I learned that people were taken out of their homes. I learned that people were taken away from that actual event that was happening. All those people that were killed, there was a lot of people killed, but a lot of people were kidnapped from that event. I didn't know that before. Um, I learned that there's a there's a hundred people that have been freed from slavery, but they're still, I mean, from from being a hostage in Gaza, but there's still a hundred and uh, plus people that are over there. One of the things that has really captured the world's attention is the scope of the retaliation uh, by Israel. Um, and, you know, 30,000 Palestinians have died from all of this. Uh, are you looking at that too? Are you looking at that part of the equation? Yes, I'm going over there too. I'm going over there too. I'm a firm believer of go see with your own eyes before you pass judgment. You know, go there cautiously, be, be cautious, but go see for yourself. I care about both sides. I care about humanity, human beings. I know this is like a lot of religious stuff going on, a lot of control of the land, a lot of, you know, no Jews here, no this there, whatever. I don't, that that's either here or there with me. It's about the human life, human beings. Human beings, man. And that's what I care about. And so that's why I'm here. I mean, there are people on social media who are saying, Tiffany shouldn't have cracked jokes about finding a man in Israel. I, I got to say, in our morning meeting, it's like she's a comedian for crying out loud. But I want to at least give you a chance to to talk about that. I'm here all by myself, just like I was saying in 2018 when they was asking me about Monique and her husband, and I said I don't do my business the way she does business because I don't have a husband. I don't have what she has, right? I don't, I'm all alone. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Like I'm doing this all by myself. I'm not, I don't have, I don't have a, a whole family full of men or a man supporting me. I'm doing it on my own. I'm learning on my own. So for like, for people to say, like, I, I have to make light of something that the average female wouldn't do. The average female wouldn't have the courage to go speak for themselves. It's a lot of scary ass bitches out here and y'all can be scared, but I'm going to go ahead and follow my instincts and learn as much as I can learn. Educate myself before I go speaking on subject matters. Okay. All right. 
Okay, sis. Um, so y'all just heard what she had to say. She got very emotional. She said she doesn't have a man. She doesn't have a husband. Um, she's doing this by herself. Um, you know, and, and I get that, whatever. She's getting sad and bringing up Monique and all that stuff. I just think she should have worded it better. I just think that as a comedian, I get jokes, right? And sometimes you have to laugh to keep them crying. But I think that the situation is so sensitive that she really shouldn't have joked about it, especially being that we live in such a sensitive world. Um, people take offense to everything. But I hope while she's going to Israel to go, you know, find a man and, you know, look at the war up close and find out what's going on. Um, I hope she also takes a trip down to the Gaza Strip, you know. She claimed that she will, but I'm not really sure how she's going to get there or, you know, um, is she also going to talk to the Gaza people? Because um, it's very easy to have access and talk to the oppressor because they're the ones oppressing the people of Gaza. But are you going to also talk to the other side? You know, because there's two sides to every coin. So I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. But I hope she learns and she takes something away from it. You know, like one of my really good friends, she went to Jerusalem um, earlier this year and it was very spiritual. She really liked it. Um, and she had me write a letter that they could put in the wall. You know what I mean? Because she knows I don't like traveling overseas. So, and I wrote a letter. You know, I wrote a letter and she put it in the wall. I don't know what the wall is called. It's in Jerusalem. You know what I'm saying? So she did that. So it's a very like, I think... She should have talked about it more from like a... Because a lot of people go there for like religious purposes, spiritual purposes. I think as she more or less described it like that, then I'm trying to find a man and, you know, look at war up close. I think that um, people would have probably received it better. But yeah, the Wailing Wall. That's what it's called. Thank you. Yeah, she took my letter to the Wailing Wall and she put it in the Wailing Wall. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was dope. You know, they said millions of people send letters there and they pray for you and all that type of stuff. So, so I don't think there's anything wrong with going there, right? But I think it's just the way that she kind of described it. But I also think like Tiffany's going through a lot too. I just, I don't think she's all there. I think with the two DUIs and, you know, the heavy drinking that she had been doing, I think she's going through a lot of stuff emotionally and she, I don't think she's really happy. I mean, the fact that she started low-key crying and then talking about Monique and Sydney, and then was like, a lot of these bitches is too scared to go out of town. Like, she went through, like, literally four or five different emotions just during that call. So I think she's going through a lot, and I just hope things start getting better for her. But I also recognize her privilege, because if that was anybody else who had two D-dubs in less than two years, they wouldn't be on a plane going to Israel. They'd be in jail on their way to the big house, just keeping it real, so... She definitely better understand the privilege that she has. Yeah, I think she's going through some stuff. It did come out kind of neurotic just listening to that whole conversation. Okay, so now, um, last but not least, I want to talk about this situation. It's going viral on Twitter. I didn't even put it in the thing because I didn't want YouTube to be like, violation. Um, but I've been on here for two hours. So I want to play this video really quick. I want us to watch this together. I don't know, man. It's causing a lot of debate. A lot of debate. Where is it at? Oh, no. Don't tell me it's gone. Hold on. Okay, here it is. We're going to watch this together. And I want to, like, hear y'all's thoughts on this situation. It's about... Okay, so let me let me just kind of explain what's going on. 
So y'all know these damn Gen Alpha kids are crazy, right? And they just be doing a lot. And so the little six-year-old boy, he was being very disrespectful to his teacher. And the mother took it old school. She whooped his butt and she did a few other things. So we're going to watch this video. It's viral all over social media. Okay, so that was triggering for me. I don't I don't like when I hear smacks and belts. Like it makes me jump because you know, no low-key my childhood. Okay, so I still get triggered by the sound of a crack on a belt. Like I thought she's about to whoop my ass for a second. Um, but real talk, that was really disturbing. So a lot of people are really debating this, like You know, a lot of us grew up with corporal punishment, right? And even, like, when we were young, you could, like, your parents could come to the school. Um, well, it never happened to my school because I went to school up north. But I know some of my friends who grew up in, like, the 80s and 90s, like, in the south, they still had corporal punishment, like, in Mississippi and stuff, where your parents could come to the schoolhouse and whoop you and stuff like that, or the principal could paddle you. Um, but I went to school up north, so that wasn't happening. But, you know, we've all heard about, you know, people's parents come in and, pulling their kid out the classroom or whooping their kid, but I th I feel like she took it too far. And it's one thing to like, okay, fine, she whooped him with the belt, made him say sorry, but when she got in his face and was calling him all types of niggas and you know what I'm saying, um, just she was in his face like he was her equal. This is not a 16-year-old that's basically your size. It's a six-year-old. And then it makes me think, if that's how she talks to him in public, because you got the teacher right there, two teachers. If that's what she gets, that's how she, if she's comfortable behaving that way with a six-year-old in public, what is going on in the household? And that might be why he's acting up in the classroom because you're acting a fool in the household. So he's basically, everything he's learning and doing, he's mimicking in the classroom that's coming from your household. Because the way she was just talking to him and calling him all types of niggas, and then you're doing it in front of this white teacher... I, I, I didn't like that. I just felt like that was way over the top. That was way over the top. And I don't know who was recording. I don't know if it was like another teacher or like maybe 
the dad or boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't know. Because um, she gave me a little bit of stud vibes, but I don't know. Um, it was just too much. It was too much. Especially when she got down low and was in his face. Like, I thought she was about to knock the little boy out. Again, this is a six-year-old. He's not 16. And I'm not for the gentle parenting because I didn't know what the hell gentle parenting was until I ran across the video and it li I literally wanted to throw my phone. This boy was just talking crazy to his mom and I want to stay at the park. And then she's like, no, we have to go. Like, I I'm not with the gentle parenting either, but there has to be a happy medium. You can't be too gentle, but you can't be treating your child like he's a, like he's a nick off the street. Like, come on. She was acting like she was talking to another jail inmate. So I, I just, so yeah, it's caused a lot of debate. A lot of people say that she's probably going to end up in jail. CPS needs to get involved. Um, and I don't, you know, I wish the teachers would speak because I'm wondering, like, what did the teachers think? Like, I mean, for me, if I was one of the teachers, I probably wouldn't have gotten involved because that's her child and she looks like she literally could whoop my ass. So I'm not going to take an ass whooping for you, okay? That's your mama. She ain't about to whoop my ass out here. Because um, even when she pointed at the teacher, she had to, like, you know, calm down, like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she went back to snapping on the sun. So I think the teachers were too scared to even intervene. Because she like she could whoop everybody's ass out there, including the cameraman. Look like she could whoop all our asses. We're just out here on the internet watching her. I'm over here like, <laughs> I'm dodging hits and shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think the teachers did the best thing by just standing there peacefully. But <laughs> watching the fuckery unfold. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, I wouldn't have jumped into them hits. Because she like, she'll knock a bitch out. But um, I just felt it was over the top. I don't think it was that serious, especially for a six-year-old. I don't think she needed to do that to him or, you know, embarrass him like that. And then now that it's on the internet, you know, he's going to be clowned. And I remember, like, back in the day um, when I first started YouTube, I'll never forget one of my first, rea I guess, reaction videos or whatever, stories. Do y'all remember the 14-year-old boy from New Orleans who got his ass whooped by his uncle? And the uncle, it was on Worldside Hip Hop, it went viral. And the uncle was like, we don't come from no gang banging, we don't gang bang in this house. And the, the nephew is huge, he's tall, thick little boy, he's about 14, but he's bigger than the uncle, and the, the uncle's whooping him with a belt. Put a teacup if y'all remember that viral video, so old video. And I did commentary on it. And i never forget, okay, y'all remember that video? It was in New Orleans. And I remember, and I was like, I agree with the uncle. Sometimes you got to whoop these kids' ass. And I was like, you know, I'm glad he did that. Oh, well, who cares if he's embarrassed? Because, you know, I was young back then. I didn't really see the full picture. And I remember this girl kept saying, it's one thing to whoop your child's ass, but it's another thing to put it on video. This video is never going to come down. He's not going to be able to face himself. He's not going to be able to face. They're going to fuck with him in New Orleans because of this video. And I didn't understand what this commentator was saying. And I'm, you know, but my stance was I agree with the uncle. And then literally six months later, that young man was killed. I don't know if y'all ever knew the follow-up, and I did a follow-up on it. He was killed six months later because that video going viral all over Wall Street, everywhere you turn was the uncle beating the, the nephew. And so after that, he he got more bullied. So the gangs and everybody in that neighborhood were bullying him all the time. So now he had to fight even more because he's getting picked on constantly. And so he was getting picked on again, got into another fight, and the guy he was fighting pulled out a gun and killed him. So within six months, that boy was dead.
and the uncle was heartbroken. He was heartbroken, just crying. And, you know, I tried my best to raise him. And I remember the news asked him, like, do you feel guilty for, you know, posting that video on Wallstar? And he was like, yeah, you know, I do, because it, it seemed like it caused him to be bullied more. So ever since that video, and this was like back in like 2010, I've always changed, I changed my stance after that because I realized how real it can get. You know what I'm saying? Like when we're on the outside consuming it, it seems like it's no big deal because we don't have any, we, we have no connection, right? We don't know this little boy like that. I didn't know that teenager in New Orleans, but the people in the community, the people at the school, they have a connection. So when you post your children on the internet like that, and you're trying to embarrass them or shame them for views and to, you know, straighten them up, you're, le you're literally leaving them open for the whole world to abuse them. And that's what happened to that young man. So for me, I would never, ever agree with somebody doing that and putting it on camera and posting on the internet. And I haven't ever since then. You know what I'm saying? Like, that changed my mind, and that's just been my stance. So um, I don't agree with this. I, I felt like... You know, it's one thing that she did this and it wasn't filmed and posted on social media, but now that it's on social media and it's viral, I think CPS will come to her door. And it's really sad because this six-year-old now has, now has to live that down. Because not only were you spanked at school in front of your teachers, but look how your mom talks to you. Like, yeah, that was just, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. You know, it's one thing to whoop them. Like, I wasn't mad with the first, you know, beating of the belt, like, Pow! I wasn't mad with that, even though that kind of had me shook, but then just, you know, woo, 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 you know what I'm saying, just constantly whooping him, and then once she was talking to him and calling my types of niggas, like, absolutely the fuck not. That's not how you talk to a six-year-old. This isn't your baby daddy. This is not the man who left you. That's your child. So I didn't agree with that at all. I, you know, that, that's what I'm saying, uh, uh, Bri Brianna. If she can do that in public in front of teachers, what is going on behind the scenes? How is she talking to him behind the scenes? So it's just really disturbing for me to watch that. It's very triggering. Let me read these last few super chats and I'm out of here. Um, Jay Jersey Girl said, if 19 taught the world anything... Do these people really have it like that? Like they portray on social media, love from Salt Lake City. Thank you so much, sis. Thanks for tapping in. Um, Shelby sent 999 says, couldn't wait to hear your take on today. Just seen a TikTok of Dr. Phil on Joe Rogan, where he showed the map of the farmland, the CCP bot. Strategically, it's all land by military bases. Wow. I haven't seen that video yet, but I'll definitely look for it. Um, yeah, they've been buying farmland in America now for years. Bill Gates is another one. He's bought a lot of farmland out here as well in America. So, again, like I always say, who, who owns the food supply, they basically control the world. You know, and same goes with water. And um, a lot of people are worried about oil. But nobody needs a car, right? A car is a convenience. For generations, people just walked or got on horses or, you know, jumped on a donkey. But shit's going to get really real when the water wars start. Because water is depleting. Um, I did a water deep dive. 
And so with the with, when the water wars start, that's when you're really going to see chaos. And even now with all of these dams being built in certain countries trying to control the Nile, it's very scary because if a country is having conflict with another country, they can easily just shut off their water supply. You know? And as a human being, you can only go about three days without water. So, yeah, it's, it's very... Man, it's very interesting. Everything is being commodified. Even water here in America is being commodified for bottled water and things like that. And um, the farmlands like in Mexico that grow the avocados, they take so much water to grow avocados. So a lot of water is being siphoned. There was even a proposal because here in Minnesota, this is why I won't leave the Midwest. A lot of y'all know this if you guys watch my deep dives, if you're in the Discord, you guys know why I won't leave the Midwest. Um, cause in Minnesota, Minnesota, Michigan, parts of Canada, we're surrounded right by the, there's about, I think like five or six states by Lake Superior. Lake Superior is the largest fresh body water in the world is Lake Superior. So that is where we get a lot of our drinking water from, um, is Lake Superior and we share that with those five other states and parts of Canada. And so they try to make a proposal at one point in time to siphon our water from up here and siphon it down south. And we was like, no, fuck y'all. Y'all are not going to get the sun and the fun and then our water. If you want Lake Superior water, then you got to deal with these winters like how we got to deal with these winters. Like you're not about to siphon our water and send the shit down to Arizona because Arizona is running out of water. It has nothing to do with us. So, I don't know. That's just me. That's why I'm here in the Midwest. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I look at stuff geographically. Like, yeah, the Midwest for now is one of the safest places. Get a place by the Great Lakes. I know a few people that are leaving the South and they're moving to Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. So, I'm just saying. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the largest fresh body water is Lake Superior. Because when the water wars start, I want to be in the Midwest. Just me. You know, I'm a, I'm a um, conspiracy theorist, so that's me. But, yeah, I, I thought it was really sad. Like, why would y'all siphon our water? To, you know what I mean? And it was going to cost, like, millions of dollars to make this pipeline from Lake Superior to be able to pipe it all through, like, the country and, you know, siphon our water. to Like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. If people want water from Lake Superior, then you need to move up here to the Midwest. So, yeah, they shut that down. They shut it down. But they, it was a proposal a few years ago. Somebody said, nothing like fresh water. Amen. Amen. Y'all know me. I drink water 24-7. So, and it's not a stand. I'm too poor for a Stanley Cup. So, I'm going to just keep to it. I'm going to drink out of what I drink out of, okay? You know, I'm not one of the cool kids <laughs> with their Stanley Cups. I guess I'm not, you know, hip because I just slip out of my Contigo. Um, let's see here. Uh, Nina Capone said 9.99 says been watching you since the beginning, and now my 80 year old uncle is a tea sipper. Keep up the good work, tea. Oh, that is awesome to hear. Thank you so much. I love when people's family members tune in. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. Um, Miss A Hunt sent ten dollars. Says I always thought something happened between him and Sable because she was the only person to sue the WWE and came back and now she won't step foot near there even though her husband wrestles for the WWE. Mm. 
That's a good point. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. And even with all the stuff that China went through with the WWE as well and Triple H and the whole Stephanie McMahon affair, like, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, Dini Darcel Sanfai says, hey, T, sending you love. Ashley Maduro's friend said that Stephanie knew about the essay that happened. Also, they made Brock unplay unplayable in the new game. Are you serious? So you can't even play with his character? See, they're scared from this fallout. They're thinking bringing in The Rock is about to save the WWE. I I think these allegations are sick. And Dini, I'm sure you probably know this because you're into, you know what I'm saying, wrestling. I did not even realize, because again, this was before my time, but I was like a kid. I didn't realize there was that many like sexual, like men who were coming out against Vince like back in the 80s and 90s. I found out about that like a few weeks ago on the last show I did and I went to like do some research. So this man has been having lawsuits against him for years from other men too that they were saying that he sexually harassed other male wrestlers, young boys and all types of stuff. So I think the rabbit hole goes deep with this and it's going to be hard for them to really bounce back. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that Vince, the Vince T is insane. Uh, Melanin Queen sent 499 says, don't forget Vince wanted a storyline where he impregnated his daughter and she refused. Then he wanted it to be her brother. That man is sick as F. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, that storyline just, I don't know. You got to be sick to think of some of the stuff that he did. You really do. Um... Uh, Mark McGill sent five says, can you shout out my wife, Jen? She turned me into a tea sipper. <laughs> Shout out to Jen. Thank you for turning your husband into a tea sipper, honey. No, that's dope. Then he says, do you remember Saturday Night Mania events? Yes, I do. Yes. Man, we used to tune in all the time. Those were the days. When I'm telling y'all, like, that was our version of Real Housewives and all these reality TV shows that they have out now was WWE, WWF back in the day. And then we'd all go back to school and talk about it Monday morning. Like, those were the days. Um, let's see here. Thea says, I was a, un hold on. I was the undertaker. My son was Bray Wyatt. My fiance was Ric Flair for Halloween. We are stands. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see here. Moon Rising sent 10 says, hey, T, super sipper here since 2013. Have you seen the trailer on Dan S? What are your thoughts? Will you be watching? Shout out to my hubby of 11 years. He is a tea sipper officially. Look at all these folks turning their husbands and wives and vice versa into tea sippers. I love it. I appreciate it. Make sure they subscribe too because we're trying to get to a million. But um, I did see the Dan Schneider documentary for Nickelodeon. Again, I'm not shocked. We've been talking about Dan Schneider on this channel for years. For years, we've been talking about him and his feet fetish and I still to this day believe that is what drove Amanda Bynes crazy is the things that she experienced on the set of Nickelodeon. So 2024 is definitely the year of exposure. And um, I think sometimes it takes people years to realize that they were being manipulated, that they were being used, you know, and um, not a lot of people are fighting back. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it. If he abused children, he deserves to be in trouble for that. So I'm glad it's out. I really am.
Let's see here. Um, <laughs> Leslie said, I'm glad the teachers, oh, Leslie said the teachers didn't want to catch any strays. No, that's true. I definitely agree with that. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Paladin Cruz says, trust me, I'm old school. I've had my share of spankings, but that was too much. Showing off for the camera, calling him slurs. Yeah, I agree. That was too much. Latino boy sent $5 says, yes, Lord, take it back old school. I approve 100%. So you like how she talked to him too? That's my thing. Like, I, I don't really mind like the, the one, you know, quick of the whip or the belt, but, you know, constantly whooping him and then talking down to him. I just felt like that was a bit much. Um, but yeah, some of these kids, they do definitely need discipline. I agree with that. Let's see here. Uh, Jersey Girl says, my best friend growing up, her family went to WrestleMania 2 at Madison Square Garden. We watched Hulk Hogan and The Rock wrestling on Saturday mornings in the 80s. Yeah, I never got to go to a live show. We couldn't afford it, so we just watched it at home. But I used to always, that was always my dream, to go to like a real wrestling match, you know. But I don't think I would go to any of these new people. I don't even watch these new people, so... I mean, I guess unless it's The Miz, and I don't even think he's, he's not even that new, but I don't really watch new school wrestling, so I wouldn't go, but I'd like, that was always like one of my dreams to go to like a real wrestling match and go watch like The Ultimate Warrior, like versus a big boss man or something. <laughs> uh, let's see here. April Moon says, if she treated him like that, why would he still have bad behavior? She's showing off for the people. Mmm. That's a good point, because if she's that disciplined in her home, he wouldn't, he would know not to act up. She wouldn't have to do all that. So that is a good point, April. Um, Rona Red sent $10, says, I feel like she was a thug treating him. I feel like she was a thug treating, threatening him on the corner. It was too much. My parents never spanked me like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let me see here. Shy B said, sadly, that took me back when I was seven. My birth mom beat me like that. I had to cover up for days. This looked really bad. If she did this to an adult, it would be an assault charge. But it's okay to do that to children. Mm. That's a good point. That's a good point. If she would have beat one of those teachers like that, it would definitely be assault. So that's a really good point, Shy B. Um, Marlon Harrison sent 20 says, I dislike how people got all the smoke for Wendy Williams. But not for Howard Stern or Perez Hilton. Where's the smoke for the white men? Mmm. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Because it's very interesting how all this is Wendy's karma. But Howard Stern done did a lot worse and said a lot worse over the years. And Perez Hilton, he's harassed a lot of celebrities. Like literally harassed them to the brink where they were ready to like off themselves and you know, all types of stuff. So that that's a really good point. Thank you, Marlon. Uh, let's see here. Nicole sent to says, T, what is your take on the phone outage today? You must have just got here. We spent like a whole 40 minutes at the beginning of the stream talking about that. So make sure you watch the playback. But thank you for the super chat. Um, let's see here. To Clarence 47 says, I remember in an interview, Nene was asked if there's anything she regrets on Real Housewives. She said it was embarrassing her son, saying, have you lost your damn mind? That really affected him. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's broadcasted, you know, to the world and you got to think about it. These kids, they're not the celebrities, right? They didn't ask to be famous. They didn't ask to be a part of the show. So they still got to live their normal day-to-day -day life. So I can only imagine going back to school and everybody talking about your mom's behavior, what she said to you, things like that. So I'm glad she was really honest about that. So thank you for that. Um, Mr. GC151010 says, there's a black man named Moses West who invented a patent machine where he can turn air into clean drinking water. The higher ups already sabotaged several of his machines. Um, I heard about him. Wasn't he killed at that grocery store? If I'm not mistaken. Remember when that white boy went into the grocery store and he was like, he shot and killed them people? Wasn't the guy who invented that machine one of them? That's what I had seen like on Instagram and Twitter, but I don't know if that's true. But it, oh, that's a different guy? Okay. Oh, he's still alive. Okay, because I remember that was a rumor at first that he was one of the ones killed. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I think that's sad. Hopefully he will be able to get a patent, but the fact that they wanted to take credit for his work is insane. So let's see here. Moni28B says, I initially mistook the movie Precious featuring Monique speaking to a six-year-old in such a matter is inappropriate. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, Forever Your Leo says, T, the video of the mom hitting her son is from 2019. The mom was arrested following the video going viral. Oh, okay, so that's the old video. I don't know what's going viral. Everybody's talking about it today. So she did face consequences. Okay, well, that's good to know. Because I'm like, I don't see her just getting off scot-free, especially now that this is on social media. So thank you for that information. Um, let's see here. Ronald Harvey says, I remember Vince helped cover up the murder of Jimmy Superfly Snuka, what he did to his girlfriend in the 80s on the dark side of the ring. Oh, yeah, I remember that, too. Yep. And then didn't they end up arresting uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka like years later? They ended up charging him for the murder. And Vince was able to pay off like the sheriffs and all that stuff because at that time, Jimmy was like super popular. So, you know, we can't have a popular wrestler going down for murder. Like, yeah, he he's, he has some issues. Like, Vince definitely has some issues. Um, Ashley says, the problem is she whooped him in anger and not correction. I definitely agree with that. Um, let's see here. Nanania said, 1999 says, damn the people who shared the Discord link. They messed it up for everyone who did the right thing. Like and share. Love you, sis. No, that wasn't the Discord link. That was the videos for the deep dives. But um, everything is going to be up on the website. We're almost done with the website. Matter of fact, it is the 22nd. So hopefully by the end of the month, the, the website will be up and running. That's what I want to put my Diddy deep dive on is on my personal website. So I can't upload anything onto Vermo any anyways because I'm not going to pay them $13,000. So um, all of the videos, I have everything backed up. Everything will be uploaded to the website for people to watch. So I will keep you posted with that, sis. So thank you. Um, Boho Brownie says, T, was there a deep dive last month? Nope. The deep dive is the Diddy deep dive. And so that won't be up until my website is done. 
So y'all, with that being said, I've been on here for over two hours. I thank everybody for coming. We have over 8,000 people in here. I appreciate it. So this has been a really good stream. Lots of good topics and things like that. So like I said, just stay on top of everything that's going on with like these solar flares, um, the stuff that's going on right now with these outages, these cyber attacks. Um, pay, pay, pay very close attention to this just because you know, it eventually is going to affect us, you know, and it can affect us in many different ways. So everybody just take care of yourself. Once again, I can't wait for the trip to Puerto Rico. I can't wait to see everybody and have a good time. But in between then, you know, I'll be doing like different events and different things too. And I'll keep you guys posted on that. So on that note, everybody have a good evening. Let me go ahead and try and find my little outro child. Where's my little outro? <laughs> Where is my outro? Okay, where is it? I'm trying to find it so I can play my little outro music. Uh, there you go. Bye, y'all.